A warm welcome to our audience members joining us today. Thank you for tuning in. In this session, we'll be giving you an overview of Austroads guidelines for the provision of heavy vehicle rest area facilities. So let's get started. My name is Liz and I'm the moderator today here to provide any technical support if you need. You can contact me by using the questions box in your GoToWebinar sidebar if you're experiencing any issues at all. So just a bit about OSSERDS. OSSERDS supports its member organisations, those listed here, deliver an improved road transport network. Our members are collectively responsible for managing 900,000 kilometres of roads divided at more than $250 billion. We're proud to bring this webinar to you today. We use a program management approach where each program focuses on operational area of the road system. This OSSERDS project falls under the network program. So in relation to the format of the webinar, our two presenters will speak for approximately 35 minutes. We then have a live questions and answers at the end for 15 minutes. And just to note, a recording of this webinar will be uploaded on our webpage, osteroids.com.au forward slash webinars, as well as on our podcast. We'll send out an email once it is available to you. And if you'd like a copy of the slides to this webinar, you can download it from the handout section in your sidebar. We like to engage with our audience as much as possible in these sessions, so please join in the conversation. If you have any questions for our presenters, simply type them into the questions box at any stage of the webinar. We'll collate the questions as we go through and answer and discuss at the end. If your question relates to a particular slide, please just let us know the slide number it relates to. Also, it has recently published the guidelines and this is available to download in the handout section in your sidebar or through this link. All of Austroads guides and publications are free to access online in PDF format. We encourage you to create an account on our website for access to our reports and to sign up for Roadwash publication and webinar alerts. So it's now time to introduce our two presenters who are both joining us remotely from the ARB office in Melbourne. We welcome back a familiar face, David Green, who has presented for us a number of times in our webinars. David is a senior professional leader with the Future Trend Technology Group at ARB. He's a qualified civil engineer with over 17 years experience in the road and transport industry across road agency, private consultancy and research institutions. Hi, David. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Liz, and um, good to be here. We're also delighted to have Mandy Mees joining us. Mandy is the Director of Productivity and Safety at the National Transport Commission. She leads reform projects to deliver improvements in the safety, productivity and efficiency of the road network. Hi Mandy, thanks for being here and joining us in this session. It's a pleasure Liz, hello. So it's now time for me to pass it on to David and he could start presenting the content. Great. Okay. Um, thank you, everyone, and um, welcome to, today, to, to today's webinar. Um, so essentially, the agenda that we'll talk through today is we'll provide a bit of a, a project background and, and an introduction uh, to, the, to the Heavy Vehicle Rest Area Guidelines. Then we'll really go into the overview of the Heavy Vehicle Rest Area Guidelines. And then there's some opportunities for, for you, the audience, to ask some questions of, of myself and Mandy, and hopefully we can answer it. And um, and and that will be today's webinars. So I'll pass over to Mandy Mees uh, from the National Transport Commission to now provide a bit of a, I guess, project background and introduction to the Heavy Vehicle Rest Area Guidelines. So thank you, Mandy. 
Thanks, David. It may be worth a quick mention about the role of Austroads and the role of the National Transport Commission, just to help those listening in. Uh, Austroads is an Australasian association of state and local road authorities. It also includes New Zealand. Think about it like an industry association for, for road agencies across the nation and uh, across the ditch. Um, also, Austroads seeks to capture best practice across each of those jurisdictions to nationally harmonise the approach to a broad range of transport system matters and to publish that approach for the whole of Australia and New Zealand. Um, the National Transport Commission or the NTC is a, a national independent statutory agency and that provides land-based transport policy and reform advice not only to the leaders of road agencies in Australia but also to the Transport Infrastructure Council. Uh, the NTC also administrates the heavy vehicle national law and the Australian road rules. So moving on to today's discussion, everyone on this webinar is, is very well aware that fatigue management is a critical component of a national safe freight system. And driving hour regulations are in place in Australia to regulate the requirement for heavy vehicle drivers to get adequate rest and to manage their fatigue appropriately. And heavy vehicle rest areas are provided as one of many tools to help drivers manage their fatigue and to assist drivers to comply with driving hours regulations that are in the national heavy vehicle law. I just thought I'd mention, you know, round six funding of around $132.5 million from the federal government, um, their program called Heavy Vehicle Safety and Productivity, uh, was awarded in August just late last year. And, and the aim of that funding was to, um, to construct and upgrade a number of new rest areas, as well as uh, to introduce parking bays and, and decoupling areas. Um, this is of great interest across the heavy vehicle industry and, and um, also for the heavy vehicle industry, it's great interest to continue to build on and improve the national heavy vehicle rest area network. The next round of funding for this program has not yet been announced, but it's certainly something that we're all watching. Now into the guidelines themselves, David, and the, the original heavy vehicle rest area guidelines were published by the NTC way back in 2005. So, so they're actually 10 years old and need refreshing. And Austroads, of course, identified this need to update and improve the old guidelines documents. And the team at Austroads also understood the importance of recognising different types of rest areas and to provide appropriate guidance to state road agencies on how to assess the need, the principles of good heavy vehicle rest area design and any associated communication requirements for heavy vehicle rest areas. So Austroads commissioned this piece of work to produce guidelines to aid road managers to plan, install and maintain heavy vehicle rest areas. That's the scope of the project. And these guidelines, these published guidelines that are now online that Liz uh, has mentioned today, um, they're available on the GoToWebinar uh, sidebar for those who are on the web webinar today and also on the Austroads website. The published guidelines are called Guidelines for the Provision of Heavy Vehicle Rest Area Facilities. And these new guidelines draw on and provide an update to the 2005 NTC um, guidelines. And they also incorporate guidance that was previously outlined in a past Austroads document titled A Proposed Heavy Vehicle Rest Area Needs and Prioritisation Methodology. So both the past Austroads work and NTC work have actually uh, informed this new guidelines document that um, David will take you through today. Um, so as we've got David here, uh, David Green from ARB is with us today and he's going to provide an overview of how these guidelines were developed. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, Mandy. So essentially the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines were undertaken as part of a team effort. So the project was managed by the National Transport Commission uh, through Melissa O'Brien and then towards the end of that project, Melissa took up another post and the final stages were, were managed by Natalie Lockwood from Osroad. So we thank them both for their significant contributions to this project. Uh, in terms of ARB, so the project was undertaken by the Australian Road Research Board. So this was led by myself. 
um, with quality management by Lisa Steinmetz. Um, also assisting myself and Lisa was Lincoln Latter, uh, Kenneth Lewis, Philip Roper and Drew Gaynor. So we thank them all for their contributions to this. Um, the project or the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines was also um, reviewed through the Ostroads um, uh, team. And so that essentially comprised of the Ostroads working group, road agencies, Ostroads freight task force and the Ostroads board. So we thank them all for their contributions. Uh, the working group essentially comprises of various representatives from the road agencies around Australia, in addition to the natural, National Heavy Vehicle Regulator, Nat Roads, ALGA also provided some input. So we thank them for their review and contributions. Essentially, the project was undertaken through the process shown on, on this slide. So consultation was a key component of this project. So the consultation involved representatives from road agencies in Australia, as well as selected industry associations. And we also thank them for their valuable contributions and really their insights into um, what heavy vehicle rest areas, the facilities that they require, and 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 the various um, other elements that make up a heavy vehicle rest area based on their um, insights. So consultation with industry and users was undertaken through direct consultation and survey. So direct consultation, consultation comprised of phone conversations with selected representatives, and the survey comprised of an on-site survey and an online survey. So the on-site survey was undertaken over a four-hour period at the Partridge Rest Area on the Hume Highway in New South Wales, and 47 truck drivers participated in this on-site survey. An online multiple-choice survey was distributed to Transport Association members, as well as being advertised, and we got 109 responses from that as well. Uh, then we developed some schematics uh, for different type of heavy vehicle rest areas, and you'll see what I mean when we get later into this webinar. And these were presented to industry via an online survey to obtain some feedback, and we got 30 responses uh, there. Um, in addition to the industry consultation, the project reference group were given various iterations and outputs throughout the project to comment on. In addition to consultation, was undertaken with um, various Ostrich task forces. So we really feel that. Uh, this piece of work was uh, thoroughly consulted both through the Ostroads process and through industry and we really got their feedback and hopefully we've delivered a really good guidelines that can help um, deliver a safe freight network for all. Thanks for the overview of, of who was involved and, and taking us through the steps and, and the extensive engagement process. Who are the guidelines designed for? Yeah, so essentially the guidelines recognise that managing heavy vehicle fatigue is a shared responsibility. So it's comprised of road managers, and they're, they're responsible for, pro, pro, for providing the heavy vehicle rest areas. And so essentially these guidelines are really intended to assist them in this aspect. However, the guidelines recognise that the heavy vehicle drivers and clients also play a role in managing heavy vehicle fatigue. So the heavy vehicle drivers and the operators need to plan journeys in accordance with the heavy vehicle fatigue management regulations. And this includes consideration of available heavy vehicle rest areas and the facilities they provide. And then clients need to pay fair and reasonable prices to transport goods, recognising their position in the chain of responsibility and effect that unrealistic delivery deadlines can have on fatigue and compliance with the law. So in terms of um, road managers, so the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines are really primarily intended for them, so intended for the road managers. So 
In addition, the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines are primarily for road agencies as they manage the higher standard roads commonly used by, by freight. However, local government could also use these guidelines to assist in their planning and implementation of heavy vehicle rest areas. The guidelines suggest that road agencies should work with local government to develop safe freight networks. And there's an example in the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines in terms of the Gippsland Safe Freight Network uh, to understand whether local communities wish freight to use their towns as rest opportunities or not. And if not, road managers should determine how to facilitate heavy vehicle drivers rest without impacting on the local community. And we talk a little bit more about that uh, later on. Uh, to identify opportunities for using local government assets such as showground, car parking, sporting facilities for the provision of rest areas separate to heavy vehicle rest areas. So it provides other opportunities for rest. And then to also assist in the provision and maintenance of heavy vehicle rest areas. So the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines aim to help road managers assess the need undertake heavy vehicle rest area design and develop communication plans. So in terms of assessing the need, the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines provide guidance on assessing the need for expanding or upgrading heavy vehicle rest areas or providing new ones and prioritising the establishment or upgrading of heavy vehicle rest areas. In terms of the heavy vehicle rest area design, the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines provide guidance on how to determine which classification of heavy vehicle rest area is appropriate, issues relating to spacing and placement of heavy vehicle rest areas, key safety features, amenities, and also highlight some other considerations that need to be considered. In terms of the communication, the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines provide guidance on aspects which can be used to communicate information about the heavy vehicle rest area. So these include traditional signage, uh, mapping through online um, tools and then also in-vehicle tools as more connectivity is provided into the vehicle that really provides, I guess, another avenue to communicate information. So key points to consider when using these heavy vehicle rest area guidelines, and I think it's important to note at this stage, is that these guidelines are for planning purposes only. Uh, the types of heavy vehicle rest areas outlined in these guidelines are intended to reflect best practice and prompt consideration of key aspects to be considered. Actual practice will depend on jurisdictional practice and available funding. And the, guideline, the guidelines do not replace engineering judgment. Um, the guidelines provide advice on some of the key features to be considered for various classes of heavy vehicle rest areas. They recognise that there are different types of heavy vehicle rest area and the actual type of heavy vehicle rest area and the frequency along the freight route will need to be determined by the road manager responsible in consultation with, with industry and we feel that industry plays an important role. And so that goes to my next point. So work, road managers should work with industry and other stakeholders to determine how to deliver a safe freight network. Um, the guidelines focus on heavy vehicle rest areas provided or maintained by road managers. So, but it is recognised that rest opportunities may also be available at other facilities such as commercial facilities or in towns. And road managers need to consider the management of interactions between light and heavy vehicles at sites where both are to be accommodated. 
Thanks, David. You've really highlighted um, the shared responsibility across everyone in the transport system for, for safety. Also really um, highlighted the importance of the role of local government, uh, particularly in continuing the role of consultation and engagement between you know, state government and also industry and in, in, yeah. in, in those driving heavy vehicles. Um, but also that innovative thinking is really required here. You know, it's not, it's not always very simple um, to really come up with the best type and style of rest area that could be available. Um, so these are all really, really important matters. But, but looking forward, you know, the Australian freight task is diverse and it covers large distances and a variety of environments. So how do you advise road managers to use these new guidelines to plan and to develop a strategy for heavy vehicle rest areas in their jurisdiction? Yeah, yeah. So I guess as a bit of background, um, essentially the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines recognise that heavy vehicle rest areas can take many forms. So this four types of formal heavy vehicle rest area, one type of informal heavy vehicle rest area, commercial facilities and towns. So the guidelines basically recognise them as the type of rest area uh, available. So essentially in terms of the formal ones, uh, the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines present four types of formal heavy vehicle rest areas. So class one, so on the top left, is the highest class facility. So this incorporates key features such as being well constructed, separating long-term from short-term heavy vehicle stays, separating livestock and refrigerated heavy vehicles from other types of vehicles, separating passenger vehicles and caravans from heavy vehicles, provision of pedestrian walkways, and provision of uh, facilities such as toilets, bar play areas, barbecue areas. So it's really the bee's knees. So uh, the next type of, um, the next tier down would be the class two. So this incorporates so on the top right, uh, so that has um, key safety features such as sealed surface, heavy vehicle parking separated from caravans and passenger vehicle and facilities areas. So you can see it's a little bit smaller than the than the class one, uh, but we still feel it's a very high class rest area. Then when you kind of go into the class three or three four, uh, so on your bottom left, and so this is smaller than the, the, than the class two, but still provides a separated area for passenger vehicles and caravans, but has less area for the passenger vehicles and the caravans. And the main difference really between a class three and a class four is really in the, in the type of facilities it provides. So um, there's a, an outline of a table in the, in the guidelines that kind of helps uh, users to, to distinguish between the two. And then class five is the lowest class of formal rest area and essentially it's smaller than the, the class three or four and really just provides for heavy vehicle parking only. So the different types of heavy vehicle rest areas can be used throughout the road network in order to deliver a safe freight ne network. So this requires the development of a heavy vehicle rest area strategy. So a strategic approach for considering heavy vehicle rest areas needs and opportunities is encouraged to support driver rest needs. So the guidelines provide suggestions on what the heavy vehicle rest area strategy should outline and the guidelines outline a decision process that can be used to take when assessing the need to provide a new or expanding an existing heavy vehicle rest area in order to accommodate demand. So similarly, the guidelines provide a decision matrix to assist users in prioritising the establishment or upgrading an existing heavy vehicle rest area in order to accommodate the need. So spacing requirements for heavy vehicle rest areas will vary considerably across freight routes throughout Australia. 
So requirements on higher volume and relatively shorter freight routes are quite different from less heavily trafficked, longer and extremely remote freight routes. So the guidelines kind of recognise that the spacing requirements are based on aspects such as fatigue requirements. So this is where at a minimum and particularly on remote lower traffic volume freight routes, spacing will be influenced by the need to facilitate compliance with fatigue management regulations as well as speed limits, road and environment condi conditions. So consultation with industry may really help identify spacing that is convenient for drivers as well as helping to facilitate compliance with the fatigue management regulations. Then on the other end, demand-based spacing. So demand as demand increases, the spacing of heavy vehicle rest areas may need to be reduced in order to accommodate the users as there is greater potential for the sites to be full. So you kind of have them more closely spaced. So if someone arrives at a full site, they're not driving too far to get to the to the next one. So therefore need or the alternative is you need larger sites or more of them. So different classes of heavy vehicle rest area provide different facilities and therefore higher class heavy vehicle rest areas may be spaced further apart than lower class ones. And the guidelines suggest that road managers use a variety of class of heavy vehicle rest area along the route in order to cater for fatigue management according to, to, the, to the demand. And in between the demand-based spacing and fatigue-based spacing, there's the intimate um, spacing. So this is where volumes are at an intermediate level and the spacing of the rest areas may be slightly more than that required for demand-based spacing due to the slight reduction in demand or the spacing may be slightly less than that required to meet the fatigue requirements due to a slight increase in, in the demand. So really the spacing is really quite flexible um, and there's no real hard and fast rule and so we encourage really industry and the road managers really to work together to uh, work out where what is the most appropriate spacing of the rest areas and the type along along a freight route. So just at this point in time, it's just a reminder that uh, we are taking questions at the end. Uh, so please use your panel uh, to to submit uh, questions using the the process uh, shown on your slide now. Thanks for giving us that overview, David, of all the different types and options available to road managers as they consider their heavy vehicle rest area strategy. You mentioned informal rest areas. Can you talk about these a little further and, and perhaps how they can be used to provide rest areas and how they are marked or signposted to alert drivers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so informal rest areas are not generally established by the road manager, but have rather evolved through the use by the heavy vehicle industry. So. They may or may, may not be maintained by the road managers, so, but they should meet certain requirements to be designated as an informal heavy vehicle rest area. So that's with respect to site conditions, site access, site distance, placement and maintenance. So the guidelines provide details on, on those elements. So where they meet the requirements, they should be marked by a green reflector scheme as shown on the, the right hand side of the slide in front of you. And then informal heavy vehicle rest areas should be decommissioned and closed if their location and performance are less than, than desirable. So don't meet the uh, requirements as outlined in the, in the heavy vehicle rest area. However, it is important to note that they should only really be decommissioned if appropriate heavy vehicle rest areas can be located nearby because it's really been identified because it's kind of evolved through identification by the heavy vehicle in industry that a rest area is, is needed at that point. So 
it really shows a, shows a need. So I think if they close down, then they really need to be have alternatives set up. Yeah, thanks for that. And you know, governments often get feedback from industry um, that you know commercial facilities or towns don't permit heavy vehicle drivers to stay on the roadside, or that the heavy vehicle rest areas there are actually inadequate. What happens in those scenarios? Yeah, so um, the commercial facilities and towns. I guess the guidelines say that they should be considered in the heavy vehicle rest area strategy where they are appropriate for use and the heavy vehicle drivers are permitted and welcomed to use the facility. So that's an important note. So the guidelines uh, provide a table showing some of the key features that should be included for a commercial facility or town to be recognised as a heavy vehicle rest opportunity. So when the road manager is coming up with their strategy for, for a freight route and they they feel like a town or a, a commercial facility could be used as a rest opportunity. Uh, they really should look at the guidelines to see, well, do those uh, commercial facilities and towns meet the certain requirements uh, to, to be considered a heavy vehicle rest opportunity. So some of those features um, are required, some are preferred, and but, but the features generally that the guidelines kind of talk about are separation of vehicle types, tables, Seating, shelters, rubbish bins, natural shade, lighting, toilets, water, and visit, visitor information board. So the, the guidelines do note that if, for a town to be recognised as a rest opportunity, that approval really should be sought from the governing agency of that town. So that is really important to note. And But it's also important to note that some towns really welcome heavy vehicle drivers as they as they spend money in, the, in that town as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's really interesting. It sounds like that even though the guidelines will be out and available for everyone to see, that it's still really important to um, continue to nurture an ongoing conversation between both local councils, state governments and industry to make sure that we're still growing a safe or supporting a safe freight system. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, road managers are often confronted with the question of where to place heavy vehicle rest areas uh, along a road corridor. Do the guidelines provide guidance on this? Yep. Yeah, so essentially the guidelines provide guidance on the aspects to be considered in the placement of heavy vehicle rest areas along the road. So in summary, some of the key aspects uh, to be considered um, include the topography, so such as deep gullies, rolling hills or high cuttings, the need to locate them on relatively straight road alignments to maximise sight distance, providing them in pairs on freeways and major roads to avoid uh, vehicles doing right turns across opposing traffic, uh, considering locating them at key points of interest so that they can be shared with general vehicles as long as appropriate measures are put in place so that it does not impact on a heavy vehicle rest area functionality for heavy vehicle drivers, uh, locating them to serve the needs of drivers travelling to freight generators, considering reserving or acquiring necessary land to allow for expansion or upgrade to accommodate uh, future demand, locating them at quiet locations, particularly where the heavy vehicle rest areas are used for sleeping, and considering locating the heavy vehicle rest area within view of the road to enable road traffic to provide a level of security for low demand sites. And then other issues to be considered as outlined in the guidelines also include environmental factors, historical and cultural sites, access to ut utilities, proximity to freeway motorway interchanges, shielding from passing headlights, local planning guidelines and, and land acquisition. So the guidelines all, all discuss these various elements to be considered in the, in the placement of 
heavy vehicle rest areas. So it sounds like there's many land use planning considerations and for those um, governments out there who look at integrating their transport and land use planning um, strategies, this might be the guidelines here might actually assist to, to enhance um, those strategies where it comes becomes to uh, supporting heavy vehicles out there. Yeah, that's right. Yep. It's, uh, it's critical that heavy vehicle rest areas incorporate some safety, some key safety features, but sometimes it's not always possible for the road manager to incorporate this at all heavy vehicle rest areas. So how do the guidelines deal with this? Yeah, so the guidelines recognise that there are some key safety features that should be incorporated in the heavy vehicle rest area design. So key safety features really to, to be included at the heavy vehicle rest area depend on the class of heavy vehicle rest area as outlined in the guidelines. Um, so the guidelines provide guidance on the key safety features of good heavy vehicle rest area design and layout. And some of those features should be mandatory at all um, heavy vehicle rest areas. So these include the design should accommodate safe ingress and egress and safe movements within the site for all expected heavy vehicle types. The size of the heavy vehicle rest area will be determined by its capacity with consideration given to future demands and turnover. For higher class heavy vehicle rest areas, separation of light and heavy vehicles, separation of vehicles carrying noisy freight and separation of long-term and short-term users should all be considered. Uh, unidirectional vehicle circulation movement to minimise the risk of traffic conflicts for vehicles entering and exiting the heavy vehicle rest area. Heavy vehicle parking spaces should allow for heavy vehicle drivers to enter and leave the parking space in a forward manner. Personal security of heavy vehicle rest area users should be considered in the siting and, and the design of heavy vehicle rest areas. Heavy vehicle rest areas and service centres should be designed to minimise potential conflict between the vehicles and the pedestrians. And then also various signage is required to communicate information about the heavy vehicle rest areas to drivers both on the approach to the heavy vehicle rest area but also uh, within it. Thanks for that David. I'm, I'm really well aware that um, one of the key concerns raised by heavy vehicle drivers um, using heavy vehicle rest areas is that often there are caravans or other travellers using the space and the heavy vehicle driver is unable to obtain their rest. So what do the guidelines say about this? Yeah, so um, yeah, the guidelines recognise that road managers need to provide rest opportunities for all drivers. And it's recognised that in many cases is, it is more efficient to cater for heavy vehicles and caravans and light vehicles at one site so that all users can share amenities and maintenance of that facility. However, it's recognised that sharing facilities does have the potential to result in negative impacts uh, to heavy vehicle drivers where it is not managed well and results in users competing against each other for parking spaces and use of the facilities. So as such, the guidelines provide guidance on how to separate users so that the rest area functions sufficiently for all users, in particular the heavy vehicle drivers. And the, the guidelines recognise that higher class heavy vehicle rest areas separate users while separation at lower class heavy vehicle rest area be catered for where practicable. So generally we're saying that lower class heavy vehicle rest areas should not be used where competing demands are going to be an issue for, for the heavy vehicle drivers. So we encourage road managers to work with industry to, to determine the appropriate class of heavy vehicle rest area and size based on overall demand and design and implement accordingly. In addition, road managers should also consider enforcement options to prevent camping 
at rest areas and implementing a maximum length of stay. David, amenities you know, such as loose, shade, fresh water are all critically important for the functionality of a, of a heavy vehicle rest area. But understanding the complexity of providing and maintaining heavy vehicle rest area amenities, particularly in rural areas, how, does, how do the guidelines deal with this? Yeah, so um, amenities are really important in terms of pr providing a comfortable and efficient rest area. So the guidelines recognise several key amenities that should be provided where practical, where practicable, such as table benches, natural shade, shelters, rubbish bins, lighting for security but prevented from being directed into the cab of the truck where the drivers may aim to be sleeping, toilets, drinking water and then information. So the guidelines recognise that these can be difficult to provide in all locations. So maintenance can be really a significant issue. Uh, so the guidelines outline that for some amenities, water for example, they should not be provided unless they can be adequately maintained. So it's recognised that I guess a bad outcome would be for a driver to expect amenities such as water at a heavy vehicle rest area, but when they arrive, it's not available because it cannot be maintained. So that's important. Um, what makes a, a heavy vehicle rest area a certain class is really influenced by the type of amenities that is provided. So the guidelines provide guidance on what amenities are required for a heavy vehicle rest area could be considered a certain class of rest area. So it sounds like it's, it's really important to make sure that all of the um, amenities that are available at these different classes of, of heavy vehicle rest areas are communicated in a, in a, somehow to drivers. So yeah. I assume we're, we'll be talking about that a little later. Yeah, yeah, we'll be talking about um, communication, uh, yeah, very shortly. Yeah. So besides spacing and placement, safety features and amenities. Are there other aspects that road managers should consider when planning for heavy vehicle rest areas? Yeah, so the guidelines provide detailed guidance on additional issues to be considered in the design and layout of the heavy vehicle rest area. So these include suitable parking bay orientation to facilitate rest. And so the guidelines really note that parallel parking is preferred for sleeping as opposed to the herringbone um, arrangement. Providing for people with disability or mobility difficulties ongoing maintenance costs, um, also ensuring the heavy vehicle rest areas are available for use by heavy vehicle drivers at all times unless there is direct work to be undertaken on them. And so where a heavy vehicle rest area is closed, this should be communicated to the industry well in advance so that they can plan accordingly. And we'll talk about communication um, uh, very soon. And then where required provision for coupling and decoupling should be lo located adjacent to the heavy vehicle rest area rather than within it. Um, another element is use of designated heavy vehicle rest areas by light vehicles should be prohibited or limited to ensure ad adequate capacity is available to accommodate for the heavy vehicle driver's needs. Uh, the use of heavy vehicle rest areas by light vehicles should only be allowed where it can be catered for through separate parking spaces where it's going to be an issue uh, for, for heavy vehicle um, drivers. It is recommended that road managers adopt common guidelines such, such as uh, these guidelines for the provision of heavy vehicle rest areas and coordinate their provision across jurisdictions so that a consistent level of service is provided along key freight routes because key freight routes go across uh, jurisdictional borders. Um, and then the heavy vehicle rest area size, location and facilities provided should be periodically checked against any future planning proposals and that projected increase in freight and task along the route is also uh, considered. 
David, you mentioned earlier that rest is a shared responsibility and that heavy vehicle drivers need to plan their journeys, including where they will undertake their rest. How did heavy vehicle drivers find out information about rest areas and, and the facilities that are available to them when they arrive? And, and what do the guidelines say about this? Yeah, so um, the guidelines recognise that information about the heavy vehicle rest area network needs to be available to heavy vehicle drivers to assist them in their trip planning, including planning for their rest. So this should be considered in the overall planning of a jurisdiction's heavy, heavy vehicle rest area strategy. So the guidelines discuss some signage requirements, alerting drivers on approach to the heavy vehicle rest areas, guiding them to the heavy vehicle rest area entrance and managing the use of the heavy vehicle rest area. So that's your traditional way of um, signing this stuff. But now I guess when you're having um, intelligent transport systems and other emerging technologies may also be used to help drivers access information about heavy vehicle rest areas along routes to assist them in their trip planning, including planning for, for their rest. So the integration of emerging technologies and ITS may support the use and increase awareness of heavy vehicle rest areas by providing drivers with live information about their heavy vehicle rest area locations. So such emerging technologies that may be used to communicate information about heavy vehicle rest areas include in-vehicle tools that advise heavy vehicle drivers about heavy vehicle rest area locations, occupancy and facilities, interactive online maps that allow drivers to find heavy vehicle rest areas based upon location and amenities. And this could be linked to the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator Online Journey Planner and then mobile phone apps that enable drivers to access information about heavy vehicle rest areas along routes to assist them in their route planning. And then obviously uh, this planning, we're saying that uh, that, that happens um, while the, the driver's not driving and before their journey or when they're, when they're stopped um, during their journey as well. So it sounds like information for heavy vehicle drivers will, you know, continue to become more sophisticated and more available and more dynamic as the emerging technologies can can enable that. Yeah, I think so. And I think you'll probably find that you'll be able to equip rest areas with sensors and, and to really kind of be able to give information back to the driver in real time about availability of spaces at, at rest areas. Yeah, that's a fantastic step forward. Um, thanks for that. We now have a good overview of the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines. Um, before we open the webinar to questions, do you have any final remarks or comments that you want to make? Yeah, just probably really just summing up uh, today's uh, presentation and, and just some really some key points to take home. So essentially the heavy vehicle rest areas are provided to help heavy vehicle drivers manage fatigue and comply with driving hours regulations. So. The guidelines aim to aid road managers to plan, install and maintain heavy vehicle rest areas. And road managers should view these guidelines as guidelines only and they reflect what is considered good practice for various scenarios but do not replace good engineering judgment. So the guidelines present various heavy vehicle rest area options and give indication of what each heavy vehicle rest area requires to fulfil that class and what should be included where practicable as well as optional features. The guidelines provide guidance on the types of heavy vehicle rest areas, assessing need and prioritisation of heavy vehicle rest areas, principles of good heavy vehicle rest area design and communicating uh, rest opportunities uh, to drivers. And then my final point is probably the most important. We really encourage road managers uh, to work with the industry and vice versa to really utilise these guidelines in order to deliver a safe freight network. 
So that's essentially, I guess, our overview of the heavy vehicle rest area guidelines. So now we're really kind of opening it up to the audience to ask some questions of us uh, and of the guidelines. And so, yeah, you can use your um, use your GoToMeeting uh, functionality as uh, as shown on the screen there to open the side panel and then type in the, uh, uh, the question that you would like raised. And then we have our moderator, Eliz, will read it out and and we'll do our best to to answer them. So it's over to you, the audience, and um, and over to you, Eliz, to um, moderate the questions for us. Thanks. Thanks for presenting, David and Mandy. It was excellent to hear the conversation between yourselves. You covered many questions people may have had. However, we're still encouraging more questions from the audience. The first question we received is from Adam, and he asks, with regards to spacing, what proportion of the 6,488 kilometre of highways in Australia are generally compliant with the rest area spacing recommendations? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, we didn't really go into that aspect, and may, maybe that's a, um, a follow-up project, but essentially these guidelines really um, provide, I guess, the guidance in terms of what the heavy vehicle rest areas the types of heavy vehicle rest areas and then the um, the type of spacing uh, to require. But really the spacing is not a, it's not a hard and fast rule. Um, spacing really is something that really kind of has to be worked where the road manager really needs to work with the, with the industry to work out what spacing is appropriate along a freight route. And the guidelines really just talk about the key elements to, to be considered in terms of that spacing. So it really goes back to, uh, to meet the fatigue, to meet the, the to the, meet the demand or to be somewhere somewhere in between. So, Yeah, thanks for answering that one, David. Next question is from John. So he has two questions. So what is the interaction with private facilities such as service centres appropriate to identify as a rest area? Is it appropriate to combine a rest facility with decoupling facilities? Yeah, the guidelines talk about decoupling. Um, I think in the, in the guidelines it actually recommends that decoupling be uh, provided a decoupling area be provided outside of the of the rest area but but nearby because of the associated noise um, that happens with the with the decoupling um, in terms of uh, working with I guess private uh, facilities what what we kind of the, these guidelines really focus on the provision of rest areas that would be provided by the road manager uh, but we do mention the um, the private um, operations such as service centres because the the road manager in developing a a strategy for a freight route can can use those facilities to work out where do they need to put uh, various rest areas with consideration that um, a a private um, facility may be uh, provided along that along that route and. And what the guidelines do cover is what those private facilities and or towns uh, should should provide in order for it to be recognised as a as a suitable rest opportunity that then could be considered as part of that um, rest area strategy. Yeah. For that Thanks for answering, David. We'll go to the next question, which is. I know there's no requirement or a recommendation that road managers should measure and report on the level of compliance with the guidelines. So do you know why this was omitted? 
run that question by me again. Thanks. So there's no requirement or recommendation that road managers should measure and report on the level of compliance with these guidelines. So do you know why this was admitted? Yeah, so the guidelines are essentially, um, uh, they're prepared as a, as a research report. And what they're really trying to do is um, develop, provide a, a document that kind of captures best practice throughout Australia and New Zealand. Uh, to give them um, an opportunity for, for road agencies to then have access to, to a document that reflects best practice. Now, I guess it's over to uh, road agencies to then work out how they apply these guidelines for, for their um, rest area strategies and, and to what element they uh, monitor their performance against uh, these guidelines. Thanks for answering, David. Next question is from Daniel. So he's asked, given that informal rest areas are not established or maintained by SRAs, is there a risk that recommending minimum standards prior to signing with the 321 reflective markets that there will be a decrease in the quantity of informal facilities receiving the signage? And if so, what are the potential impacts both in regards to safety and compliance that will follow? Yeah, so... The guidelines recognise that I guess the informal rest area may or may not uh, be maintained by the uh, road manager. But what the, I guess you don't want, what the guidelines kind of say is, okay, well, these informal rest areas, they're evolved over time. And if they've met certain requirements, then they they could be marked um, as an informal rest area through the, um, through the, the, um, the scheme that we, we mentioned earlier, the reflector schemes. But there can be instance, instances, I guess, where rest areas have evolved over time and they might pose a risk, uh, not only to heavy vehicle drivers, but also to other users of the road network. And so the guidelines kind of talk about the type of requirements that they should they should meet in order for that to be, to be recognised. So, um, where they don't meet those uh, requirements, then they shouldn't really be marked by that uh, the reflector scheme, and they shouldn't be decommissioned. But what I guess the use of that uh, rest area evolving over time has highlighted is that there is a need by the industry uh, to to have a rest area in that vicinity. So what we're saying is that they really should be decommissioned, but alternative heavy vehicle rest areas. Um, should should be put in, put in place in that near vicinity to accommodate for the rest of the of the heavy vehicle drivers. Thanks for clarifying that one. Another question is with regards to HV only rest areas, do the guidelines give guidance on methods of enforcement when they are being utilised by light vehicles such as caravans? Yeah, well, the guidelines talk about enforcement. Um, so we we highlight that that's that's an issue. Obviously, how enforcement is is undertaken um, really involves um, the road managers working with um, local councils, um, police potentially to work out the best um, method of of enforcement. But yeah, we we do highlight that 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 is a, that is an issue, um, and it really needs to be um, considered. But we do note that 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 issue has kind of really been identified, and and what the guidelines try to say is that the 
the um the heavy vehicle rest area that's really designated for freight or heavy vehicles only really shouldn't be used in a in locations where demand by caravans or other light vehicles to use that rest area to a um, point where it has a detrimental impact on the heavy vehicle drivers really shouldn't be used and they should really be looking at um, putting in a higher class of, of rest area at that location. That really yeah. accommodates for those um, separating those users. Mm, great, thanks David. Another question is, does the guideline include quantification of expected safety benefits of rest areas, for example, crash reduction factors? And if so, does the guideline provide different values for different rest area classes? Uh, no, no, they don't. It was probably considered, I guess, out of the scope of, of this project. The project was really about providing guidelines on, um, I guess, really the design elements and, and the elements to be considered uh, for, for rest areas. Um, and so that was really the, the focus. Um, in terms of you, probably your question now is then kind of going into, I guess, really the um, the strategy, the heavy vehicle rest area, area strategy um, along along the freight route. And that, I mean, it's a good question and it's probably something that could probably uh, evolve further from this project, but it wasn't, it wasn't as part of, wasn't undertaken as part of this project, no. Yeah, thanks for answering, David. The next question is from Tim. So do the guidelines provide advice on how to collect the data from industry about future intentions? So this would, this would be a key input, that's what Tim's mentioned. Uh, no, uh, the guidelines don't, um, but the guidelines recognise that road managers and industry should really work uh, together uh, to be able to implement uh, the guidelines. And um, yeah, we, we really encourage, really encourage that. But um, yeah, in terms of, I guess, providing guidance on how to obtain that feedback, uh, no, the guidelines don't, don't talk about that. Thanks, David. A question from Freddie says, asked, in class five HVRA, most of the existing truck areas in rural Victoria is not consistent in providing auxiliary lane. What is the bare minimum for the ingress? Yeah, well, um, throughout the guidelines, we really say that um, access to and from these rest areas really should, well, not really, have to meet um, safe ingress and, and egress. And, and that's really covered in, in other elements of the of the Osroads Guide series, and particularly the Guide to Road Design. So um, the, the guidelines refer to that. Um, we don't really feel like it's a need to uh, repeat um, stuff that's really covered in, in other guidelines. And, and the development of these, uh, the design of and construction of these rest areas really need to meet um, good road engineering um, design practice, which are covered in under guidelines and, and standards. Mm. Thanks, David. I hope that's answered your question already. So another question is, how well does this report align with a 2007 NTC report on the provision of rest areas? The 2005 one? 2007 NTC report on the provision of rest areas. Yeah. No, I think I think you're probably referring to the 2005 report that I mentioned in the uh, introduction. Okay. Yeah. 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 So essentially, I think I can understand the question. So, um, it it basically supersedes that document. So 
this project was um, undertaken to up, update the 2005 NTC guidelines um, because it's it's over 10 years old. There's a lot of um, evolution in in practice, so it's really um, to to update them. So essentially, you'd see this document as superseding uh, that NTC um, guidelines. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that. So yeah, it is. Um, so Daniel's come back saying yes, it is the 2005 one that's asked about. I think it's also important to note that it's also an update on what the needs of the industry are today, mm. um, and that they vary probably quite differently to what they did back in mm. 2005. So this whole extensive engagement process that the Australia's team have been through um, has really um, contemporised a lot of that thinking and has made sure that we are um, as best possible through these guidelines meeting the needs of heavy vehicle drivers. Mm, yeah, thanks for answering, Mandy. Another question from Kerry. So they've asked, is 500 metres notice too short of notification for the informal rest areas? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think the the drivers soon know what their informal, where the informal rest areas are. Um, they, I guess they're informal for a reason um, in that you don't want to overly encourage uh, their use. But I think it's more just there to, um, I guess, remind the, the driver uh, that they're, they're approaching. Uh, that rest area but yeah no I, th I think they're i think that's adequate yeah yeah thanks david uh, another question received is vandalism is a huge impediment to providing amenities particularly in rural areas so how do we communicate importance of rest areas to broader community to get buy-in Yeah, it's an interesting question. Yes, and um, I agree, yeah, vandalism and also maintenance uh, can be a significant issue in terms of and um, a prohibitive um, to to putting in rest areas and the, in particularly the, the facilities. But, yeah, it's an interesting question. It's a question that um, I don't particularly know the answer for. Um, Probably the best way would be to really encourage um, or to highlight the importance um, that these rest areas and these facilities provide to the broader community and really have people um, appreciate the facilities that they've got. Um, also, I think there's obviously a, a, an enforcement issue and um, I guess a responsibility for to highlight the responsibility for people to report um, vandalism and and I think the more also in some ways the more you can maintain a facility the more um, or the less um, facilities actually kind of get vandalized because people um, I think once something kind of starts to get vandalized then it's almost like a bit of a slippery slope but then it kind of it becomes worse and worse so uh, I think there's a, a there's a few kind of issues around that, um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's probably one of those um, ongoing things that really needs to be kind of um, discussed and, and worked out. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for answering, David. Another question is: In New Zealand, truck drivers typically have an e-road system whereby the driver is alerted to take a mandatory stop; otherwise, they face consequences. Uh, so, does this guideline can 
consider or have information on this. There is a big problem of truck drivers parking on narrow shoulders on multi-lane motorways, which is a safety issue. Uh, the the guidelines really just talk about the, I guess, the, the types of heavy vehicle rest areas and give um, guidance on, on the type of spacing. We really kind of highlight, I guess, going back to that shared responsibility around um, the heavy vehicle drivers, I guess, they need to plan uh, their journeys accordingly in terms of um, in terms of what heavy vehicle rest areas have been provided and the facilities that they've got, and and work out um, what the what the best way where to where they're going to um, undertake their rest in order to meet um, the heavy vehicle rest area uh, regulations. Thanks for thanks for answering that one, David. So unfortunately, that's all the time we have. So our hour is up. And thank you for everyone who sent through those questions. We will be ending this session now. So we have some closing slides before you go. And we have a number of webinars coming up on different topics. So we have a webinar which we have posted, which is about Offsroads project on developing the data to support heavy vehicle reform. And that's being undertaken by the Transport and Infrastructure Council. Uh, if any of these interest you, you can go on our website for more information and to register. And if you know of anyone who may be interested in these sessions, please let them know. Also, to keep up to date with all the upcoming authored news, publications and webinars, please sign up for Roadwatch Alert. So simply look into your Osiris account and subscribe to your profile. If you don't have an Osiris account, you could sign up through our website on the login page and this is free for you to do so. Thank you again to our audience for joining us. We hope you can join us in more webinars in the future. You can get in contact if you have further inquiries, but please fill out a quick survey after the webinar to give us your feedback on the session. And lastly, thank you to David and Mandy for the great discussion and content that you presented and being part of the webinar today. Uh, thank you, Liz, and uh, thank you all for participating. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. So we'll sign off and we'll see you later. Thanks, bye.